0: This is Dollars and Change, a podcast about the intersection of business and social impact. Brought to you by the Wharton Social Impact Initiative.
1: Welcome to Dollars and Change. I'm Catherine Klein. I'm the Vice Dean for Social Impact at the Wharton School. And I'm delighted to be talking today with Stephanie Thomas, who is uh, the Head of Investments at the Impact America Fund. Stephanie, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Fantastic to be here with you today, Stephanie. Uh, Always happy to welcome Warden alumni and uh, eager to hear about the Impact America Fund. So let's start off with, tell us about the Impact America Fund, what it is, what it does, and why you're excited about this work.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So um, Impact America Fund, we are set up as a traditional venture capital fund. Um, I like to call us a boutique fund because we're we're small but mighty with a real focus on um, impact as it relates to communities of color. And so what we think about um, in terms of our work is how do we um, deploy capital to budding entrepreneurs that are exceptional or business savvy? They're innovative, um, looking to disrupt markets that are pretty sizable as well and to, to grow fast and to grow large. But in doing that, really being thoughtful and intentional about scaling up um, impact to communities that we care about, these particularly being low to moderate income communities of color. And in terms of that impact, thinking about what does it mean in terms of economic agency and economic opportunity?
1: Let's dig in a little bit more into what you mean by impact. and, And when you see a company You know, you've I I know many of the companies you invest in are led by founders of color. Um, So that might be a starting point. As you think about impact and a company that has the kind of impact you want, what are you looking for? How do you know that, um, you know, is it enough to be a founder of color? Is a founder of color plus. How do you think about impact?
0: Yeah, sure. So in terms of impact, we actually start with the end in mind. Right. We look at the long game in terms of. The outcomes we want to see for, again, you know, communities of color, typically low-income groups in the US. And then from there, we're really teasing out whether or not that business model, if it can be successful at scale, can really sort of manifest or realize those outcomes. Those outcomes could be, you know, a myriad of things on a spectrum as it relates to sort of how someone shows up in the economy, whether it's a consumer looking to access you know, affordable goods and services. Or you're a vendor that's part of a larger sort of supply chain, um, or you're a worker in an organization, or even an owner, right? Um, that is at the helm of a budding and growing business. And so, thinking through that spectrum, we want people to have agency. And so, we think about how does this business, at the end of the day, um, you know, needle that 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 thread around um, being able to be profitable and competitive in their market, but also being able to show that if we exist. It, it means better for community.
1: So let's talk uh, about some of the portfolio companies that you, you all have invested in to give us some examples of, you know, what do these companies look like that have this growth potential and are making a difference in marginalized communities?
0: Yeah, absolutely. We believe that um, capital in and of itself, you know, needs to, to start shifting towards being very community centric. I'm thinking about marginalized populations, thinking about folks who've been overlooked and undervalued. And, you know, also that, you know, that also plays into how we look at founders who are leading these companies and driving that innovation and that impact. And so organically, because we're focused on these community outcomes, what you'll find is that the entrepreneurs that sort of rise to the top, that we believe end up being the best suited to solve these problems, will tend to come from these communities or look like the individuals they wanna serve. And so, you know, as, it, as it's come to be is, you know, majority of our founders are persons of color. And you know, how that plays out in, in, in sort of a VC landscape or capacity is you have people of color who are, again, building for high growth. They're building in a fast-paced environment. They're leveraging technology. But again, they're really solving for these market inefficiencies that also tie to very, very much the social disparities um, that we see exist in communities of color. You know, one company we're really excited and proud of is Care Academy. It's led by a Black woman, Helen Audio Soon. She's actually re- recently featured as um, a Fortune 40 under 40 to look out for um, in tech. And what she's built is a platform that um, provides a way for these small home care agencies to stay up to date on compliance standards that, by the way, you know, are different depending on what state your, your agency is in, um, but, it, but it also ties directly to how the workers in these agencies, which are these low-income caregivers, are trained, right? And so that inherent, um, you know, tying of sort of what these agencies or small businesses need with how that shows up in quality of training and skill development for the workers is something that we see as an inherent impact in the company. And so as she's able to scale up, bring on more of these agencies who have this compliance issue, but then able to tie that to better standards around training and upskilling workers, um, we're seeing a huge opportunity for her, but we're also seeing how she's on a path to be able to train a million caregivers in a labor market where 60% of those workers are actually um, low-income women of color.
1: That's a great example, thank you. I'm I'm intrigued what you said about founders who come from these communities, founders of color, founders who know this market that they want to serve. And I'm wondering about the analog for you and your team at Impact America. So is it important that you know, you have a connection to these marginalized communities, that you have a relationship with these founders. And is that something, you know, distinctive and and difficult for many venture capital funds to attempt?
0: Yeah, I mean, like every fund um, has their own play and their own approach, right? Some will will invest in a small group of companies and go really deep and be very hands-on. It can depend on stage as well, Um, usually earlier that more of that is required. Um, Others will sort of um, invest in a ton of, of, of companies, right? And see which ones emerge as winners. I Think for us, you know, we're really looking at carefully crafting a portfolio that again, reflects our thesis but also allows us to be able to to work um, together with our founders. We think that in order to succeed and to really prove this out, it has to be a collaborative effort. It can't just be a check. And so we think about our value add around supporting them through the different chasms of growth, um, how to navigate in terms of finding financing that is not just dollars for dollars sake, but is money that is suitable for where they are and what they're attempting to do. And I think, you know, for, for us as a fund, if you look at our team, you know, this is um the Impact America Fund story is really a story being told from inside the circle. And what I mean by that is there are people, you know, my, my myself, my colleagues, Keisha, who is the general partner and founder of the organization, who have lived experience in many of these areas. And so taking that lived experience and looking at it through an end a lens around um, you know, what does the future of venture capital need to look like or what should it look like when we're talking about um, these inequities that communities of color face. And that's really something that has resonated with a lot of founders, and we find it to be the best way for us to identify um, companies that really reflect our mission, but are also committed to that sort of long road and long journey of really proving that out, not just around profitability and competitiveness, but really around what it means to transform communities with thoughtful and conscious um, business leadership,
1: and the impact America fund is uh, you know has gained notoriety for a variety of reasons, but I know that you've recently closed uh, a fifty five million dollar uh, fundraise, making this um, the largest fundraise or one of the largest uh, by a black female general partner so how has that happened? How has how have you all achieved this in an industry that is and know an, the venture capital community that is so dominated by by white men? How did you get to this place of success in this significant fundraise?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, 2020 was uh, a year of all years in many ways, and one of that was for us, you know, a a, a tremendous milestone and reaching 55 million um, AUM for fund two. And for Keisha, I think it was an incredible milestone to be able to look back on sort of where she started and where we all began, um, trying to prove this out through a demonstration portfolio um, that entrepreneurs of color Um, actually can scale businesses that can be high growth and also be impactful, um, you know, to their communities. And so, you know, when I think about where we begin, there wasn't this language around sort of racial equity investing and social justice investing, but there was this notion about the need to have a racial lens applied to investing and to think through what it means to be more equitable around how capital is allocated and how it flows. I started with the fund um, about six months after it launched, where she had this thesis around, let's take what we know from the demonstration portfolio of investing in minority entrepreneurs, and let's use it to to really sharpen our lens around what it means to scale these up, leveraging technology. If you have software and tech that's literally eating the world, and you know that the future of business, you know, is means that companies will have to be tech enabled or tech as core. How do you start to construct um, ways of going about investing and betting on these early founders that reflects what you believe is going to be that longer-term vision of the future? And so Impact America Fund was born um, through that. You know, we took our own experiences of being system navigators. To be able to be thoughtful around like who we're investing in, as well as what it means to 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 think about what's good for community, um, and you know, it literally was one relationship at a time, really educating folks, really beating the pavement, and then having early movers, which were our initial. You know, limited partner base or investors that took a real chance on us. And so getting the fund to really required us to not only um, experiment and test this thesis that we had, um, but to also then figure out how do we create an actual system and process and how does that grow beyond just our portfolio to the broader ecosystem, whether it's, you know, co-working spaces or Um, data scientists and analysts that are actually reporting and tracking these numbers, or it's other co-investors, right, who actually want to invest alongside us in these companies, and even in entrepreneurs who finally have the language and also understand, you know, the overall value around inherent impact, who not only want to build, you know, an organization that is high growth for the sake of that, but really are saying, how can this be a purposeful endeavor, endeavor that is beyond just the financial bottom line? How can it be something that is, is also, again, getting back to the heart of the matter, getting back to where I come from in my community and solving for real issues that, again, is incredibly um, significant and transformational for the people and communities that I care about? So you've you've
1: talked about um, Keisha Cash, the the founder and general partner, um, and uh, you know you joined her team, five, six years ago. I'm curious to hear more about for Keisha and for you why it was important to launch your own fund and your own firm. You know, that, that's a it's a hard road. You both came out of uh, more traditional. Financial institutions, there would have been roles for you in larger institutions, but you built a path of your own and a a firm and funds of your own. Why go that route?
0: Yeah, and it's 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 so funny you ask. There's actually a case study, a business case study out there that asks this very question of our fund: should we continue to be independent or should we go in house? And it's always been every year. where as students in college look at this, would say they need to remain independent, right? And this is something that we've always believed, because again, to your point, coming from the traditional, coming from corporate America, we saw what the status quo was. Me working, you know, in a large sort of bulge bracket financial institution, seeing how money flowed, but not seeing it, you know, directly trickle down to um, community, trickle down to um, SMBs and trickle down into enterprise and initiatives that were um, sort of at the core of, of 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 what a lot of these communities needed. I felt that there needed to be, you know, another way outside of that system to be able to to get at the heart of of what was lacking, and um, it was a ripe opportunity for us to combine, you know, our privilege. You know, to be quite frank, we had the privilege of you know, working in corporate, we had the privilege of having these personal networks that we had built out. We had the privilege of understanding business and having that acumen where we could speak the language and also translate what we knew was happening um, at the ground level and being able to articulate in a way that um, framed it as a real business opportunity. And and so we knew that in order to get that done, it had to happen outside of again, the traditional, and yeah, it was a very hard road. But I think looking back, even if we hadn't raised a fund too, right, and even if we weren't able to attract the the dollars that we're attracting today, I think it still would have been worth it, right? Because again, this is a long-term mission where it's not just about our fund and what we can do, but it's about being a model for others who are not only existing with us today, but are in futures to come. And so that's what I hope, you know, I'd love for our companies to continue to exit. We already have to um, continue to thrive, continue to employ folks and continue to make a difference. But I think the bigger mission is to set a new standard for what venture capital can look like.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, right, a new standard for what venture capital can look like and, and can look like on so many dimensions, right? I mean, look like, you know, very literally, of uh, you know, who, who do we think of when we think venture capital? Who do we think of as uh, you know a VC investor? Who do we think of the as a as the founder of a portfolio company? And what do we think they look like? Um, I'm interested in in the your investors. So I mean, a recent list uh described you know noted the MacArthur Foundation, the Ford Foundation, the California Wellness Foundation, Kellogg. Um, but, you know, other, other large wealth managers as well. What have you found in working with these investors? Um, and what does an LP do, say, ask that makes you think, this is a good LP, I want these people involved in our fund?
0: There's a myriad of things, right, that we, we look for and we value. Um, and we also learn over time as we build these relationships. But I think at the core, in the initial conversations, are they excited about our thesis? Do they, is there alignment around sort of how we look at the world or, you know, where we see things headed? And do they have the proper sort of resources and infrastructure to continue to support that? So it's not just about where we sit today, but as we continue to grow and evolve, you know, are these the right partners to grow and evolve with us? And from how we've been able to have this dialogue, how we've been able to see our LPs roll up their sleeves and jump in to the conversation, but also extend out an offer to not only allow for their infrastructure and resources to support our fund, but to also support our portfolio of of companies. I think that says a lot, and that's Sort of how we're thinking about the relationships we want to build with our current limited partners as well as those in the future. I'm
1: listening to you, I'm I'm puzzling um, over sort of lessons that people might draw, implications for the larger venture capital, private equity, early stage investing. Because you have described applying a racial lens, you've described that it's important for. know, your founders to be connected to the company, to the communities you hope to have impact in, that you and your colleagues at the Impact America Fund have um, ties to these communities. And, you know, you've portrayed a world, I think, and we've heard often about where venture capital is very much a game about relationships. Who do you know? How do you connect? Do I have confidence in this this, uh, entrepreneur? Do I think I can work with this entrepreneur? you know, do I understand the entrepreneur's vision? And so I'm wondering, I, I can imagine listeners thinking, this is fantastic. I love what this fund is doing. So glad they exist. Geez, only venture capital uh, capital funds of, of color can make this kind of difference. You know, and, and then thinking through the implications, do we have to have you know, funds for, for every different group, for every different community. Do we already have that? How do you think about these these questions? I'm sure I'm not the first person to to, to raise this kind of question with you.
0: Yeah, I mean the goal isn't to to start to create a niche, right? Um, that then creates silos. Because we already have that. <laughs> and what we need is 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 more expanded networks. That overlap and intersect in various interesting ways. Because again, you know, we're really starting at this this idea of this system that we currently operate in, this system that, you know, has racist tendencies, if we want to be honest about it, has also created these inefficiencies in every aspect of our life, including in markets. And if we can figure out how to deploy capital and reshape venture capital in a way that addresses that that notion, then I think we're all more well off. And part of it also means that we have to, some of us, you know, because again, it's we're not looking at this as, as Impact America Fund being the end- all be-all for solving for racial equity. But within venture capital specifically, we believe that our fund is set up to start at the margin. Start at the outside, start with the outliers that people aren't looking at because we understand these folks and these opportunities. And by helping these entrepreneurs be able to grow in a thoughtful way, in a way that shows that they can be financially superior in many ways to their peers, but also incredibly and deeply impactful to communities that we care about, it'll then bleed into the mainstream, right? And with that, you know, we're hoping that those folks in the mainstream really start to get it around what this all means, not just to the niche community or the overlooked or undervalued community, but to everybody in society and how those benefits um, are like ripple effects. And and so that's really at the core of what we're trying to build. And that's also the reason why we don't say that we exclusively invest in entrepreneurs of color. It's more mm-hmm. of an organic out, you know, outcome from from how we think about the thesis. But we're welcoming to any and everyone who who really gets this work and we believe has something to contribute to how we're thinking about value should be created in the new way to look at business and business leadership.
1: Great. This is also very much aligns with with what you've described and what I've read about thinking of yourself as bridge investors, so you know, helping to grow these companies. So that they are ready for Series A, Series B, and, and you know, future investments. What's success look like for the Impact America Fund? You've had, you know, you've been with the fund for a number of years. You've had a remarkable year and remarkable growth in uh, fundraise in 2020. As you look to the future, where do you think you'd like to be as a fund in three, four, five years?
0: We'd love to keep growing. You know, we'd love to to launch additional funds. And we'd love for that to chart sort of this evolution in our thinking, right? And where new opportunities lie and and what the future can look like and who can be a part of building for that. But at some point, I think success also means not necessarily when you think of racial equity investing, you don't just think of our fund, right? It becomes part of the norm. It becomes a standard approach to um, investing in and of itself, right? And not just in VC or in private markets, but in public ones as well. The other thing too is, you know, we want to activate folks, but not just individuals, organizations, corporations, um, philanthropy as well, right, where they have capital that is more flexible, that can take on more risk, that can be structured in various ways. But we also, you know, want, again, Fortune 500 companies to take notice And we want to create a real ecosystem that is supporting the work of our founders and of founders like those that we back. And so I think that's what the real success looks like: seeing the shift in how we invest, but seeing the shift also in mindsets and in what is of value, and and in what is good for stakeholders and not just shareholders.
1: I really do think it is a mindset shift to be thinking not of helping communities of color um, and certainly not of neglecting them. And we've seen a lot of both of that in this, this country, but investing uh, in communities in color, investing to be able to create wealth, to grow wealth, and to grow wealth, as you've said, for everyone, and to build that ecosystem. So for People who are listening, who've read about this, uh, your fund, how do they get involved? Whether they can get involved as investors, or if they just say, Man, I want to know more about racial equity investing, I want to wanna support this movement. What can they be doing? How do they educate themselves?
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, education is is key, you know, and I would say the easiest way to sort of dip a toe in or, or even sort of jump in the deep end is to just start with where you are. What is your position today in terms of influence, in terms of power, in terms of decision making? And are there things that you can change? you know, as it relates to increasing representation, increasing sort of who is in the room and you know who has voice around the issues that are important to you or your organization? and then from there also taking a look at what has already been done oftentimes we talk about what's next and what's new and these are issues that have been around for for years and years and decades and so thinking through also how do you collaborate or partner with organizations and entities that have already been charting a path for some time now i mean even with with our fund we 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 joke and call it the the new old fund because it's new in some ways that people are just starting to really hear about us, but it's old in some ways because to your point, this has been five to six years in the making, right? Um, and so these, these thoughts and ideas aren't necessarily fresh or novel, but the ability to act on them and, and to, to also activate others beyond what you know our reach could, could even touch um, because of limited resources and infrastructure, that is new. You know, and so what I'd love for people to walk away with is feeling empowered and feeling like they have agency to actually do something within their wheelhouse around racial equity. And that's going to play out and mean different things for different people. And if you want to join in with what we're doing specifically, I would encourage you to reach out directly to us. Great.
1: So, well, thank you so much for being with us, Stephanie Thomas of the Impact America Fund fantastic to talk to you. And you know I hope we can check in in a year or two or three or four and see where the field has come and also where your fund has come. So thank you so much.
0: I look forward to it. Thank you. Thank you. Dollars and Change is brought to you by the Wharton Social Impact Initiative. To learn more, visit us at socialimpact.wharton.upenn.edu.